Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Great Iron Blitz, episode 338 in the house, Oscar Lopez, and we are going to have Nate Ward in about an hour, and we're going to be talking everything college football, NFL week one, uh, kind of going to week two at this point, uh, great exciting matchups Thursday night, as well as Sunday night football, and as well as the doubleheader on Monday night football, so we'll go over that pretty much in the second hour. In the first hour, we are going to have a co-founder of the IWFA, the Icon Women's Football Association, and that's going to be Rod Green, also championship coach of the Austin Ravens for the 2020 season. And the exciting uh, launch that's going to happen in 2021 with the intense eight of the IWFA, and we're going to be talking everything that's happening there in terms of uh, pay scale for the players, the excitement of how it's going to turn out in this first-year exhibition season, hoping for a full slate season in 2022. So Rod Green will be here in the house in about uh, 12 minutes or so, and he's going to give us the rundown of the future of women's football in an arena-style setting. We do have X-League, which is 7-on-7. This is 8-on-8. I think it's a lot faster game, more improved matchups. There's no body shape restrictions like you do in Legends Football League. So this is going to be great for uh, fans to dive into. On top of that, players will get paid a certain amount of uh, game uh, pay. So that's awesome. And that will be true arena football as we know it. We have not had that in a long, long time. And I'm talking about on a full kit mode as well. So the IWFA is really making some waves here. We talked to Terrence Haywood in a couple podcasts ago. So if you missed any of our podcasts, you can go back and a lot of interesting topics that we got into this month as well. We had uh, Tashay Winfrey last uh, podcast, episode 337. Uh, episode 336, we had Coach Devin Jones kind of recapping the matchup that happened in, on August 29th in Vegas between the Austin Ravens and the Sin City Trojans. You also had Coach Stone here, 335. You can go back and you can do it on everything on TuneIn, Apple, Player FM, Google Cast iHeart, Spotify. Uh, we're also on Global uh, Women's Sports Radio and as always here at the flagship at Block Talk Radio. Also, if you haven't checked us out for the last two months, go back and check out our awesome episode, the most awesome pe- episodes, three episodes that we've had in our 10-year history of the podcast. So go back to episode 324 with Sherry Waga and Daniel Harvey, episode 325, Adrian Smith, um, talking about everything that happens with Black Lives Matter, uh, George Floyd, everything, charity, solutions, everything else, three, 325, 324, check it out there. And we also talked to uh, the Born to Play um, filmmaker and extraordinary Very Lieberman with Angelica Grayson, also at the excitement for the NAIA flag season. So if you missed our episodes, you go back on there on any platform, iHeart, Apple, or Spotify, Catch them those 328, 325, 324, our biggest, highest rated podcast. So thank you to uh, Very Lieberman, Angelica Grayson, Adrian Smith, Sherry Waga, and Daniel Harvey for that. I really, really appreciate that. 
as well as you go back to 3.30 when we talk everything WFA with uh, Wynn Domini. So check it out. Go right there to the hub at facebook.com forward slash career beauties. Click on the link there. If you go to our Twitter feed as well, it's on at the top header. Uh, go to Instagram as well. So check it out. You can go back and replay the last 60 days of our podcast. Awesome guests, awesome feedback, amazing, amazing people that are doing a great things for women's tackle football. All right, so we're going to dive into the NFL, like I said, uh, in about an hour with Nate Ward, college football within an hour. Uh, but we're going to go to Sweden right now because this is where it's at right now. Women's tackle football is alive and well. It's COVID-free, basically, with COVID guidelines in Sweden. So they're able to play ball out in, in, in the uh, Super Series, as well as in Division One North, Division Two, uh, Division One South. Um, so keep it rolling here. I want to give a shout-out to uh, – Themis, if I'm pronouncing his name right, Themis on YouTube, T-H-I-M-M-I-S, and he covers everything Karlstad Crusaders. Really, really appreciate him doing all that. Uh, thank you for networking with us and bringing all the excitement. That is happening in the Sweden Super Series. Karlstad Crusaders just cruising right now with British sensations, uh, Sydney Green, QB Sydney Green, and, of course, Gabby Nobbs. So uh, awesome, awesome job there by both of those Brits. They they just arrived in Sweden, and guess what? This Crusader squad is just on fire. Uh, Linda Johansson did a great job last year, but given the potential that these two players have brought to the squad in Crusaders, these uh, this team is the front runner to win it again. It's just the way it is right now. They are blowing everybody up. 49 to 0 this weekend against Orlando. Orlando coming off that uh, 7 to 0 victory over Orville Black Knights. Um, they also got that first win of the season, 39 to 2 against Orville Black Knights. So Carlstad right now in just an exciting moment for them. They are just on fire. And thanks to Sydney Green and Gabby Nobbs for doing an amazing job out there. And obviously the rest of the Crusaders, just awesome. They are just lights out scoring offensively. Uh, it looks like nobody between Orlando and Orbo, and, and guess unless they can figure something out between now and October 5th, it looks like this is the runaway train, and this is another championship for Carlstad Crusaders. So, you know, Orbo uh, struggled in the first game, uh, and then obviously in the second game, came back with stronger defensive front. They did hold uh, Orlando to seven points, so that was an improvement from week one against, but Orlando is not Carlstad Crusaders as we see this past weekend. So it's going to be a take, it's going to take a lot of effort, in other words, because uh, Orville Black Knights once again will face the Carlstad Crusaders uh, coming up here on uh, week four on September 19th. So it's going to be really uh, crucial for Orville to even try to put up some points. This is the team that's going to be uh, the gauging stick for Orlando Jets and Orville Black Knights. So this, this is the team, Carlstad Crusaders. If you can match up with them, you have a great shot of being competitive. Unfortunately, it looks like they're going to run away uh, with the title. So I might be getting myself ahead of myself, but overall, as it stands right now, uh, they are 2-0, and undefeated. They're outscoring their opponents almost uh, 80 points to zero. 80 points to zero. So that's not good for the other two uh, teams in the Super Series. So uh, hopefully right now this weekend, uh, Orbro's listening to us and they're getting ready and game planning to do a better job than they did in week one with they only garnered a safety. So uh, let's set the, 
basically the state of the game right now in the Super Series in Sweden. Get all the lowdown, everything that's happening in the game uh, with the best network on the planet, the best network on the planet. That is us at the hub at facebook.com forward slash gridiron beauties. Check it out there. We have a lot of people working hard to bring you attention, to bring attention to the amazing athletes that play women's tackle football internationally and domestically. And we do a great job of that and very proud. So I want to give a shout out to all our network partners for being so loyal for us for over 10 years now. They have committed to bringing attention to women's tackle football and so uh, globally as well. So we're looking forward to the excitement in Sweden to continue. So this coming weekend, September uh, 19th, week four of the Super Series in Sweden, it is going to be Karlstad at home hosting Orobro. Orobro looking for a big road win or upset at this point it would be. So it uh, doesn't seem like that's going to be the case. Um, the Brit squad dialed in, Sydney Green and uh, Gabby Nobbs, they're ready to roll, and they're, they've been impressive all season. Um, and uh, Eulin out there as well, the running back, seven touchdowns currently on the season. So shout out to her. And so, uh, you know, Carl Seck just just steamrolling over the Super Series right now. So nothing else to say there. And then we go to Division One North. Uh, Division One North out here. It is. Uh, it started off uh, on uh, October 22nd, and we had St- a Stockholm Me Machine 39-14 victory over Norrköping. Um, so they move on uh, to get to get a, a, a bye week in week two on September 5th. Been once again on a, ro- a back-to-back week. They face Vestera Roders, uh, Roders, and so 58-0. They get shut out. And then Vastera versus Stockholm, and this was a battle. I'm uh, looking forward to some action and still photos from this um, matchup on the 12th. Uh, but Vastera uh, Rodriguez uh, do win six to zero. Tough defensive matchup versus the Stockholm Me Machine. So they get the win. They move to two and zero undefeated. Stockholm moves to one and one. Norrköping is falls to zero and two. Uh, this this matchup uh, is going to be uh, Norcopen versus Vestiras coming up uh, in week four. We'll see how Norcopen rebounds. They would fall to 0-3 if uh, Vestiras Rodiers wins, and Vestiras would remain undefeated in the season. So in the north, in in uh, Sweden, Division One, uh, it looks like Vestiras Rodiers are the team to beat right now, and they are just doing a great job similar to Karlstad Crusaders. They're just playing lights out ball right now. Defensively, they played a, a really good game on both sides um, from Stockholm and Vestira this past weekend on the 12th, 6-0 the victory. They edge Stockholm Me Machines. They are obviously not going to match up until week five, which is the uh, on the 27th. And that's going to be a rematch between the two and Stockholm it needs to get a road win then because their uh, their uh, Vestira will be hosting them. So Division One South, as we stand today, also in a crunch mode. Uh, you had John Cop- uh, John Coping, fifty six to zero over Linham Gr- uh, Griffins. Copenhagen opened up fourteen to six over Gothenburg. Then on week two in September on the fifth, Gothenburg versus Lingham. Gothenburg obviously uh, falls to Lingham fifty four to zero. Then uh, on September sixth. Christenstad versus Copenhagen. Copenhagen takes care of business 36 to 8 after coming off that 14 to 6 victory over Gothenburg. Then on the 12th, Gothenburg versus John Coping. John Coping 38 to 6 
they win as well. So here we are um, coming up, I believe, uh, on the 26th because they get a bye week this coming week. It will be Goderberg versus Christensdad, and I believe both of them need a win. So that's going to be a match of who's going to get a victory in the standings at this point. And then rebounding on the 27th, we are going to get John Coping taking on Copenhagen Tomahawks. That will be a featured matchup. Looking forward to see if I can get some live stream of that because that's going to be a close matchup there. Both teams are going to be undefeated at this point going into that matchup, and both teams are scoring really good points in terms of offense. So it's going to be interesting to see how they manage up at this point with um, they're able to get, you know, a couple wins or who's going to fall at this point. So it's going to be a very exciting weekend there. We also had Czech Republic weekend at this point over in the Czech Republic. What an amazing uh, weekend for uh, kickoff for the Division II uh, um, league. And so they they kicked off this weekend here, and it was uh, pure, uh, pure Ram Bobcats 44-6 to over Houstonstad Blades in the first matchup. And it's a three-game set on the weekend. So it's the same weekend. It's basically similar to a flag football-type mentality. Uh, it's a shorter time frame, obviously, for the play. Um, it's a seven-on-seven, seven, um, I believe, I'm sorry, nine-on-nine uh, matchups. Uh, Houston said Leburn Blades then uh, lose once again to Ostrava Steelers, 18-6. to six, And then Ostrava Steelers fall to Prigham Bobcats, 19-8. to eight. So Prigham wins the weekend matchup here. Ostrava Steelers, obviously, at one-on-one. And then uh, the Blades, obviously, 0-2 for the weekend. The next weekend will happen. Week 2 will be on the 28th. We'll, look, uh, we'll give you the schedule of that once it comes around. Um, first weekend in the Czech Republic, we talked about last weekend. It was the Alberto Amazon 68-18 over Warsaw Sirens. And you get the highlights there and everything that happened from Fox Agency at the hub at facebook.com forward slash gridironbeauties. Uh, also, Prague Black Cats 58-0 over Jacin Windstorms, which is the new team in the league. Week two on the 12th and the 13th, Prague uh, Black Hats improved to 2-0. They took care of the Warsaw uh, Sirens 57-20. to Warsaw falls to 0-2 on the season, surprising given the fact that they were in the play, uh, playoff final last year, uh, struggling this year. Uh, Prague Harpies 52-15 versus Jensen Windstorms. And week three coming up here on the 20th, the champions will take on Warsaw once again, rematch of week one where they got uh, basically routed 68-18. That's going to be an interesting situation for them and see if they can get rebound and get a win from them. Uh, Jensen Windstorms will be on the road against the Prague Harpies. Uh, Jensen's 0-2 at this point, getting outscored by a lot, uh, almost 50 points by every team, proved their standing there. So we'll talk about uh, NFL college football in about uh, 45 minutes here as we got Nate Ward in the house. We also have X-League News as well, and everything that's happening at the Hub, and we'll dive into that in about an hour. But right now, we are going to go into the No Joke Football Huddle, sponsored by Zazzle.com. Zazzle's been our sponsor for almost 10 years. They're the ones that keep this podcast alive. They're the ones that bring attention to women's tackle football. So if you guys want to support us, go to Zazzle.com, for slash Gridiron Beauties, go to the Hub at the link there, go to Twitter at the link there, go to Instagram, go to No Joke Football on Instagram, at no Joke Football on Facebook, at No Joke Football on Twitter. And you get everything there in terms of the link. Go there up to 20% off uh, every day and take advantage of T-shirts, all tank tops under 20 bucks, T-shirts under $27 or under $30. And then we've got some great leggings, great quality leggings 
uh, under 60 bucks. So check it out there at the hub, facebook.com uh, forward slash gridiron beauties. All right, so we're going to go into the huddle right now. The word expect greatness. Expect greatness from our preparation to the way we form, to the way we shine. Expect greatness. Expect it from yourself. Expect it from your teammates. Expect it from this team. We fall, we kill, we eat. Hey, energy, emotion, play fast. Play for each other. That's it. Let's go get it. Here we go. Four, two, three, two, three, four, 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 five, six, And we got Coach Rod Green, co-founder of the IWFA, head coach of the uh, champion Austin Ravens 2020, and the creator and exciting uh, brand new launch of the I-8 in 2021. Green, express, express greatness. How you doing, Oscar? How you doing, Rod? You got to be more excited than that. I just gave you the prop. <laughs> hey, man. Uh... I am excited. What's going on? For everybody that knows me, I'm I'm even kill. You know that. Even kill. You're too low too too low kill for me. Come on, you got to get excited for this. I eight. Everybody's talking about it. You got everybody buzzing about it. Uh, I mean, this is this is so awesome. And uh, you know, talk to to Shay, talk to Terrence, talk to Michelle. Uh, everybody's on board here, man. Everybody's like anticipating what will become of this. Well, I mean. You were you were around when we first started talking about it, so uh, a lot of yeah, I was around, but I didn't so. I didn't anticipate you were gonna get it done, and you're getting it done, boy. Uh, yeah, man, I had to, I had to uh, simply because, uh, man, we we want to move the sport forward, and mm-hmm. that was the goal. You know, the goal with I eight is to move the sport forward. Rod, um, tell our audience. Uh, the format works really well in arena style. You got eight on eight versus seven on seven. Um, from what I know, there's no body type restrictions, right? So you got everybody on board like a normal football, um, unlike, you know, like X League, for example. So is this something that you had thought? I know we've talked about that you had thought about it, but is this the recent, like within the last 20, 24 months? Or something like that, where you're really diving into it now, and you're really like, okay, this is this can happen, and this is doable. Man, it started it started two years ago. Mm-hmm. It started two. I'd say it started uh, 2018. You know, it started when I was just kind of a uh, our league was getting off the ground uh, the right way. We started getting the right type of players. Uh, we started getting the right type of people involved. And uh, that's that's kind of when the vision started. And as the talent increased, uh, the ideas increased. So for me, when I saw, hey, we had top-tier talent, we had to take it to the next level or else you lose the talent. Rod, you you started the a regular league like everybody else. And in Texas, obviously, it's, a, it's just a – you know, you're born with playing football. You know, we've had – we have – Various women's leagues, besides, you know, the dominant 11 uh, leagues like the WFA, IWFL, you know, the WNFC, and uh, obviously currently coming up here, the WFLA. Um, but you saw potential in that. There's, it's, a, it's a big flag environment in Texas as well. 
Um, there's a lot of talented women that want to play the sport and play it at a high level. Um, you did introduce Premier. Did Premier really elevate, in your eyes, like the difference, like you said, with an ordinary branch of football to a higher level of football? Is that where, and now we're branching into eight in terms of the arena style, where it's, it's another level? It did. The Premier League, the San Antonio Austin Ravens game was the game that, you know, the light bulb went off. Uh, when it went off, it was uh, the most talent that I've seen on the field at that time. Uh, the game was fairly competitive, fairly competitive, and uh, and the excitement was there. So when you look at top-tier quarterbacks, you look at receivers across the board, defensive backs across the board, we had it. You know, I tell you the most exciting player on the field was probably the lineman Valerie Tyler. And uh, when you have a player like that that can take over a game or just cause that type of havoc, yes, you know, it, it makes you think, why are we excluding body types? So, you know, when you see that type of talent, you want to keep them on the field. You want to keep game changers on the field. The game of football is played uh, between the lines. And for those types of players, we want dogs. Rod, what what do you say of the commitment from all these players? We always talk about commitment, but in your eyes, you're an evaluator of talent, and you've gotten to see firsthand, you know, who's able to, you know, stay with the grind and who's going to just not be here anymore. And literally, when it boils down to on the men's game, right, it is that brutal, right? When you go to training camp, mini camp, opportunity where you're going to get cut. Are we at that level now where certain – you know, athletes or female athletes at this point, especially in your realm, is that the the next level that we're going to get to where you're not going to make the cut? Like normally you would make the cut because we're, you know, lack on roster or whatever, but are we ever going to get you think it to a level where, okay, you're just going to have to come next season, right, to make the roster? Because it's getting to that interested stage where we have a lot of uh, females that obviously are interested in playing the sport. Well, I mean, I'm going to be frank with you. Uh there will be people that get cut because that's the type of environment that we're trying to create. We want mm-hmm. to create an environment uh, of competitiveness. You know, we want the women to come out and hey, make your mark, be competitive every practice, every down, every snap, because this game isn't guaranteed. And if you want to, if you enjoy playing the game, then make your mark. The only way that we're going to get the best athletes is to create that environment no one wants to kill somebody every snap you know like i can talk to my receivers and they can tell me hey man i'm killing this girl this is boring when you hear that you know you got to take things to the next level how will this rod how are you going to structure this uh are you doing it at uh lfl x league style where it's going to be one owner one vision, uh, everything being directed by one uh, entity, because in a structure like that, it works out really well because of the logistics, right, to maintain logistics, especially when you're expanding or or you're branching out from a certain region. You really need logistics to be sound in order for the product to be displayed at, you know, a competitive level, but at the same time to the fan seamlessly. Because when you start doing 
individual franchisees taking over, sometimes that breaks the chain, right? It does. It does. So, yes, it will be one owner. Uh, IWFA will own each team uh, just so that we can keep it the way that we like it. And it, when I say keep it the way that we like it, you know, I don't want – I want it to be football. Football is organic. You know, football is free. And uh, I want us to be able to, hey, you know what, this is a talented athlete. We want her on the field. You know, coaching, ultimately, the coaches will make the decisions. But, you know, in the front office-wise, IWFA will. What have you uh, – what have, what are you most proud of at, to this point with the uh, branding that you've done, the IWFA branding? I know uh, Terrence has talked about everything that logistically you're able to do and your player-first organization, listening to the players and getting feedback in that sense and also making the changes for any type of rule changes and, and you know, getting the best facilities you can get to as well to accommodate the players. So are you changing any of this or is it coming to I-8? Like like it has been done already in the IWFA. Uh, man, it, it will always come because the game always changes, uh, and and that's the thing. Part of part of being a great organization is listening to not every everyone at every level. Everyone has a voice. We want to hear it. That doesn't mean that we're going to implement it at that time. But you know what? Hey, as long as we hear it. Maybe two years down the road, it'll be implemented. So, are you, are you, is your message now more competitive in terms of everybody that's listening? Now, we want to go to that next level to get noticed, the next level to tension. Um, and you said it before to me, hey, you know, we got to get to that level where the football will speak for itself, right? And that's where the the fans get drawn into the football. If it's an exciting brand of football, competitive football, um, athletes are at that high, you know, caliber, then you don't, you're not, that not much work. In other words, needs to be done in terms of promotion because it'll promote itself. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, definitely. It will promote itself once, once you get the right type of athlete, you know, athletes, athletes swarm to each other. So, uh, we have a great group in Texas, and I definitely look forward to uh, what we can put together in Atlanta next month. Um, we have a combine. Uh, I think I posted the flyer on our promos. Uh, combine's coming up here, I think, on the 19th. So can you tell us a little bit about what the combine's going to include, what the uh, you know athletes are going to be expecting when they get to the combine, and what you guys are looking for? Uh, the, com- the combine will include... Uh, Traditional 40-yard 40 40-yard 40 dash. Uh, we have 5-10-5, which will evaluate change of direction. We have an L test, which will evaluate quickness and change of direction as well. Uh, and then just a, a push-up test, and then we'll go through one-on-ones and five-on-fives. So when we go through each event, uh, the players will be evaluated. The evaluation starts once you walk in the gate. Now, you know, results seen, is it going to be delayed at this point? Are they going to, it's going to, you know, a couple of days before you get results on feedback, or is it going to be somewhat of a same-day feedback? Uh, they will get three-day feedback. So in the next 72 hours, 
72 hours after the combine, uh, they will get their feedback. And Rod, what positions uh, are we looking at on eight? I, I know traditionally on, you know, when we get LFL, there's the three yard, you know, advantage, right? Uh, at this we point, don't, this is we not going to be the, no three yard I mean, advantage, look, right? Look, 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 look. We don't play the same game. It's not even a comparison. Uh, and I say that simply because they have their rules and we have ours. Uh, and you're right. We don't have a a three-yard gap. There's no three-yard gap in the football game. It's on the line of scrimmage. We play on the line of scrimmage. We play actual Rod, are we physical doing, Are you going to be doing AF1 and AF2 rules? Are you implementing any arena-style rules at this point? Um, our rules have always been a hybrid of uh, arena rules. We have high motion. We have bubble motion. We've always had that. Mm-hmm. We've had that since the existence of of IWSA. The only thing that we eliminated was uh, the jack linebacker. There is no box for the jack linebacker. Um, for those of you guys who know football, they know what I'm talking yeah, yeah. about. Uh, yeah, you know, there are no defensive restrictions. So as far as the defense goes, you can blitz from anywhere. The linebackers can come from anywhere, and both our tight ends are eligible. So it makes it really faster and interesting because you have more options, right? So it's going to make it a, a more interesting uh, scoring in a, in a sense as well, right? I mean, it's going to be a competitive game. Uh, scoring, right. well, you know, you'll always be able to identify matchups. Uh, each team will, you know, that's on the coach. You know, a coach can bleed it out and run the ball or a coach can, you know, air it out. Will it be different for any of the players, do you think? Um, you guys traditionally play at indoor arenas, right, with, the, like, the soccer soccer indoor games and stuff like that. you think the players are going to be different in terms of, like, when you get to an arena setting of some sort, like, you know, with, Man, let's the say, game, the bigger the arena? The game don't change. The game, the game don't change because of the location. <laughs> Not at all. Don't – it's not going to change because of the location. No, I'm talking about like the anticipation where somebody's not playing normally in an arena style with bumpers on the sides. You know what I'm talking about? The padding on the sides. Cause normally you're in I'm open gonna air. Put, I'm going to put field. it, I'm going to put it to you like this. Our players are getting used to getting hit up against the wall with no padding. So they're okay. not going to be afraid of a bumper. Alrighty. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> Rod, what is the uh, the the layout? What's the offensive layout in terms of positions? What what is the concept in terms of position? What do we have in terms of you know what's the position? We have quarterback, of course, running back. I mean, you have the traditional positions. You have a uh, an X, a Y, a Z, uh, a A, and a B. The two tight end, center, quarterback, and a running back. Or you can add a fullback and H in that situation. But the positions are tra- traditional. It really depends on the coaching staff. So you have uh, options. Uh, uh, basically, no difference except for the what? You're missing the two-man difference, right, pretty much? You're missing, excuse me? You're missing, like, the three-man, you know, with an 11s, right? But you're, you're replacing. You yeah. still have options yeah, yeah. for positions. Yeah, I mean, you know, the only thing that you're replacing 
uh, eleven man is two tackles and a tight end. You right. Know, uh, How is that going to, to the fans, because so, obviously the audience is kind of excited for this, what do you say to the fans right now, you know, once we get to see the first game? Fast pace, I mean, the anticipation of it, is it going to be, I mean, um, you got two exhibition I mean, teams from Texas. What do you see the talent out of, out of that in terms of, like, is it going to be pretty competitive on the first game, you, you think, at this point, based on what you see right now or – Based on after the after the combine here, you're going to get a better assessment, right, of who's going to be playing and who's not. I will tell you this: if you think that the 2018 Austin Acoustic team that went to the Legends Cup was a good team, wait until you see the two teams that we have after this combine. So you're that confident? Wow, we got playmakers. Some of them the same. No, I understand that. I'm. Uh, we we already talked about. It. We talked about it in the past, where you know you were literally a feeder system for uh, Mitchell's, you know, LFL in Texas, basically. Probably ninety percent of that roster was coming out of the IWFA. Yeah. Well, I mean, and you were on that coaching staff too, you, so. I was, and and like I said, if you follow football, then you know. Um, you know, we're no stranger to talent. So, you know, we're going to put out – and I'll say this right now. The two teams we beat, we, we put out could beat the Austin Sound. You're serious right now? And You're really serious? I'm dead ass. I, I hope Mitchell's yeah. listening. <laughs> I'm just kidding. The two teams that we put out and Sound. Like, that's, oh, I have how, no doubt that's how confident that. I am. Yeah, I have no doubt about that. I mean, I mean, you, there's no doubt about that. I mean, at this point, uh, I think we talked about it off air in length, and um, it's going to be a changeover for them. It's a complete revamp for them. Um, it's kind of a, it's been that way for a long, long time. There's no consistency there because there's no benefits. So, um, Rod, talk about the benefits. You did lay it out. Uh, if you, if everybody follows IWFA on Facebook, uh, Rod had a basically question and answer live uh, and kind of disclosed everything that is going to happen for I-8, including some compensation. So can you talk about that part of it? Oh, yeah. You know, uh, home wins, home wins 300 or any game win players, each player on the active roster will get paid $300. Uh, Any player that participates in the game will get paid too. So if you make the active roster, you're guaranteed two hundred dollars a game. If you win the game, you're guaranteed three hundred. So we're having a, a payout of and five ultimately our, for the winning team. Having a payout of three ultimately for the winning team. So it's oh, two hundred dollars plus a hundred dollar win bonus. Okay. So three hundred so, altogether and, for the part of the winning team. Yes, and the and the goal okay. is to you know set a realistic expectation. Uh, one thing is, you know, there are men, guys playing on ESPN, you know, before their arena league folded, those guys are getting mm-hmm. paid, you know, $500 a game on mm-hmm. ESPN. You know, uh, so setting a realistic standard was our our, our, our ideal. Um, and we believe that this is a game where it will be full of excitement, full of intensity, uh, full of big hits. Um 
nice grabs, nice touchdown grabs. So, yes, I think that, you know, this is something that everybody will enjoy, not only the players but the fans. I think the the excitement buildup for it is because I, I don't know if we're anticipating a different brand of indoor football because we've been used to seeing legends for almost 10 years that maybe we're just anticipating, like myself and everybody else is just itching for seeing something different. And then to see a arena football, true arena football with full kit, full helmet, you know, everything on the female side, uh, it's been wished for for a long time, but it has never happened that way. So the, the lack of, you know, the LFL not moving forward in that regard, I think disappointed a lot of us. We thought at this point they would be at that same level, but here you are literally giving us what we want, which is awesome. Well, I mean, again, we aren't in competition with them. Uh, we're kind of st- we're staying in our own lane, and that's our goal: stay in our own lane uh, to start our to start our own thing. Uh, we have to do that because for us, you know, we only care about talent and in, in football, talent on the field, and play a great football game. Promotionally wise. Rod, promotion-wise, are you getting somebody outsourcing that, or how are you going to be doing promotions at this point? Because you've got to have some sort of marketing to get a, draw attention, even on an exhibition type of season, right? Yeah, all promotion will be outsourced, but, uh, you know, when the time comes, you'll be the first that we let know who we're outsourcing to. Awesome. Appreciate that. What will the fans expect um, some of the markets that you guys announced or were basically former X-League markets? Uh, there is obviously opportunity and potential for uh, – we talked to Terrence about some of those uh, markets having high-caliber athletes as well. You talked about Atlanta right now. Uh, are you going to Atlanta to evaluate that as well, just like you're doing right now this weekend in Texas? Yes, I will. I will be in Atlanta to evaluate the talent. We will also have a uh, – a pop-up combine in Nashville. Why so Nashville, we'll uh, Rod? Um, you know, simply because they're they're talent they're talented players. Like, don't mm-hmm. don't. For me, this it's not X-League markets. It's the fact that there are talented players there. I would be an idiot if I didn't look. And say, okay, well, there's talent. There, there are talented players in Nashville. Let me go check them out. You know, anytime you have players flying across the country to go play on another team, then sure. maybe maybe they need to have a team in that location. And for us, you know, the goal is to not leave a rock unturned. Are you being solicited by other people, like? You know, here, here, here. We're interested in this market, that market. Besides the market that you officially announced on your uh, exhibition season, or are you, are you just you're taking inquiries and then kind of assessing everybody? Um, I have been, uh, but you know, that's personal, and I'm I'm gonna. No, leave I, that I I totally get uh, it. It's personal. I'm just saying there's interest beyond the markets that you've already addressed, right? There's there's oh, obviously people definitely. interested in different different parts of the country. They're like. You know, once you launch, yeah. as people say, you know, once you put the brand out there, there's obviously going to be phone calls and emails for you to say, okay, well, we, we want to jump on this too, right? Definitely. 
definitely. There has definitely Rod, been have you had in... have you had any of the men's leagues interested in this type of you know environment? I mean, in terms of supporting the women to get them onto that field platform. I'm going to be honest with you. We have, but our goal is not men's football. We're not in the business of men's football. We're in the business of women's mm-hmm. football. So, you know, we're going to promote and, you know, we don't want anything taken away from the talent. You know, right. men, have, men, they have their time. There are plenty of plat- platforms for them to go to. Uh, but for us, you know, we chose the women's lane, and that's where we're going to stay. Rod, what are the parameters or safety nets for the players? Because we've always, in the past, we've had uh, issues that have never been brought up to, you know, to the forefront like you do with major sports. But there's obviously issues with some coaching staffs having some concerns with females getting, you know, harassed or, uh, you know, the internal stuff that happens to try to keep away all that stuff because it's different in some areas of the country where you try to keep a, a close knit on certain things. Um, is there going to be like certain guidelines and requirements for how coaching staffs are going to act, you know, and how players and all that are the guidelines or are we going with the existing guidelines that you have already set up in the IWFA? We're going with the existing guidelines that we've already set up. And when you sit there and you talk about parameters and safety nets uh, for players, one thing that we are firm advocates of is, players have to speak out, you know, mm-hmm. uh, that, that is one of the, that's one thing, you know, you speak out, you will be hurt. Um, this isn't a, a good old boy system, uh, because I'm a player first person. Uh, we can replace coaches. Right. Unless you're a damn good coach. And I haven't really come across that many damn good coaches. You know, you, you have a few out there, but Hey, a coach can be replaced. Well, the reason I bring it up is because there's all in the past in in women's tackle football we've had that intangible. What we've had is issues where certain franchisers or clubs um, are obviously disallowed to play in the league because of those issues that we're bringing up to light. You know what I mean? The things that happen behind the scenes that are not game day related, but obviously administrative related or you know in coaching mentality. So I'm glad that you already have those things in place and. Uh, the, you know, the athletes that are playing for you obviously have that peace of mind, like you said, with an open door policy. Oh, that's, that's always, you have to have that policy when it comes down to any sport. All right. So, um, Rod, anything else that I, I didn't like pick your brain on at this point that you can disclose at this point, besides the excitement, um, why don't we just start with uh, congratulations on a championship. I talked to Michelle, uh, before that on the podcast that I did before that. And she said, I got to go get Rod another championship because apparently she's kissing trophies almost annually now. So I'm assuming you're going to get to that level too at some point. Uh, you know, I'm not a trophy guy. So I'm no, not out, you're not, I'm not, I'm not out, man. I'm not out to win trophies um, to move the sport forward. Uh, that is the goal. You know, uh, winning the trophy is always good, but uh, and developing players is much better. You know, uh, we have women who want to play. They want to learn the game. Who else to learn the game from than players and coaches, you know, who have winning pedigree, 
but not only winning pedigree, but they want to teach you the game the right way. So kissing a trophy is not my... Matter of fact, I gave my trophy to Marshall. No way. I'm not into winning trophies. So, Rod, uh, you're too humble. Is that? Can I just say that right now? Oh, man, it's, it's not. It's, I don't even think it's humble. It's really the fact that we've had our time to play. I've had my time to play. This is their time to play the game. This is their time you know, to play. You know, listening to you say that, I'm pretty sure it brings a lot of uh, emotions for a lot of players in our audience right now, all the female players, because you're, you're like, you know, you're a visionary. And we've never had, you know, we've had some visionaries, but never in in a way where you're bringing it to attention to where you want to take it to another level, you know, and start. It's a fire starter, basically, but get it to a flame stage, which is awesome to hear. Well, I mean, when, when you deal with the players that I deal with, like these women work day in and day out to perfect their craft. You know, you got quarterbacks to throwing balls every day, Lonnie running routes. She's probably one of the most crisp route runners I've seen, you know, outside of Jade Randall, who's an excellent athlete. You know, like Cassandra Bills. Like, you have women who actually really work on their craft. And for us, that's the goal is to give them a platform so that they can show that they're more than, hey, I'm I'm more than just a great football player. You know, so we want to highlight them in the game and outside of the game. Um, Rod, the two teams in Texas, the two rosters in Texas, uh, they probably have played against each other, right, various times. Um, is, oh, this, yeah, is this the moment Is this the moment where you're going to sit there and or stand there and you're like, <laughs> this is going to be a great of a hell of a matchup, right? Great hell of a matchup here. Um, and then the fans, I mean, the fans are going to get to see that. You've you already seen it probably many of times, but, you know, we're going to get to see it as fans, uh, a very competitive matchup if that's the case. And we're going to be probably wowed amazingly, right? Yeah, I mean, truthfully, it'll be an all-star game. That's, that's what right. we're looking at. We're looking at putting the best on the field so that it is an all-star game, you know, and everyone looks at it like, damn, these women can play. And that's where we're going, you know, and we want the same in Atlanta. We want the same in Chicago. We want the same in L.A. You know, we we want tough, hard-nosed football teams that bring it every week. Rod, uh, does this bring you chills? Like, you get goosebumps and chills just talking about this? Like, when it actually hits and you're officially – kickoff and you get that first game under your belt, the first exhibition game. I mean, I'm already getting chills about this. Man, I I don't really get the chills about it because for me, it's providing a platform for the right people. And, you know, like, if you do something, expecting something great to happen, like, I do this because I love it. I do this because I believe that these players or something to stand behind. You know, that's mm-hmm. why myself, Terrence, that's why the team, that's why our OJ, that's why our team does it. Like, we do it because we can honestly, genuinely stand behind this product and say, at the end of the day, this is one of, if not the best team in Texas. Come play them. 
and we want the same around the country. Rod, are you, are you launching with four teams, six teams? What's your vision for the first uh, after this exhibition season? Is it something more like six teams at this point, a manageable eight teams? Uh, I mean, can you no, even disclose that yet? It, 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 it'll be six guaranteed. Six, six is guaranteed. a sweet number. Uh, yeah, six is a sweet number. And, uh, you know, I want people to think about it as, you know, like MLS soccer, you know, like. Right, right. I'm fine. I'm fine starting small. I want to start with a group that I know, like, every time they touch the field, it's a game. It's not going to be a 50 to 0, 70 to 0 blowout. It's going to be a game. So you want the matchup, basically. You want the competitive edge, which is great because, like you talked about before, diluting the product doesn't benefit no one. Have you told me that many a time? No. You know, it doesn't do anything, no. right? It doesn't do any good. It's no, like when I'm, they do arena yeah, football, right? The arena football, they put like, what, 20 teams, 18, 12, 14 teams. And, you know, ultimately at the end, there's only six good teams out of that 15 to 20, which doesn't do any anybody any good at this point. Hey, man, I, I can honestly tell you, man, I've, I've made uh, plenty of mistakes. We've made plenty of mistakes in this process. It's been trial and error since – and, and we're at year six, and it's been trial and error, you know. But one of the things I understood was, and I learned early in Texas, teams popped up, and I, all right, we wanted to give them an opportunity, you know. And now, it's diluted the product, you know. If you have if you have sixteen women's eight on eight teams in Texas, and Five of them have winning records. You got a problem. That's so a big issue. Us, we, for us, we only wanted talent. We want the best. You know, I'm a firm believer. Cream rises to the top, and that's what mm-hmm. we're going to do. Rod, you have do you have individual conversations with all these uh, players that you're talking about? I mean, is it chat and, and sit down and talk about it? And obviously, you got notes in your head from everything that's you know you've done for the last six years, um, and you're passionate about what you're doing, which is obviously what you want to do and make sure that these players obviously get their just due in terms of exposure and competitiveness on the field and everything else. Um, you know, you get gratitude from all these players. You know, any, any tears out of this when you have conversations like this? No, man. It, it, no. Nobody wants gratitude. <laughs> I, you know, uh, I get I get what I've gotten from them, and what what the one thing that I've gotten the most from them is respect. Okay. They they believe they believe in me. They believe in our team, and that's the best thing that I can ask for. You you've set out to do this. And there's a lot of talented players, named players that were spotlighted on obviously the the biggest visible platform in in LFL. But at this point, it's like you've made some of these players superstars, and a lot of these players are fan favorites. Like we talked to Deshay last last weekend, it's like you know no matter where she's at, IWFA, she's going to be in WFLA, wherever she's going to go. Uh, she already has a following, 
So a, a lot of the players that you're going to put in I-8, as I said before to her, is well-known names, and the attraction will come there because they already have a following. So it's going to be really nice and exciting for the average fan that was missing them, in other words, because they're no longer playing, you know, an X League as an example. Uh, now they're really going to, you know, dive in and follow them in in, in a different uh, platform. And hopefully, you know, this is going to benefit not just them, but it's ultimately going to benefit you to make the product better. And then it benefits them ultimately with some compensation. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I definitely have to correct you, though, when you say I made, because these players made themselves. Um you know, I was a part of the process. You know, our group mm-hmm. has been a part of the process, and and you know, that's all that we can do. We can take credit for having a hand in the process. You know, but these they put in the work. They do it themselves. All we're doing is giving them the, the platform. What can you tell the average fan right now for the launch? Is it going to be April as you specified before? Is it going to be May? Uh, are you guys still working that out in terms of what the it's, month of the season May. is going to be? It's May. It's May. It's going to be it's, May? It's never been April. It's always been May. So it'll be May, June, July? Are we looking like a three-month yeah. or 90-day window? Or? It'll be May, June, July, and we will end in August. Okay. And then are we looking at like one game a weekend, just like X-League at this point? We're going to have one feature game per week? Okay. We will have one feature game per week. All right. So is it Texas versus Texas in terms of the All-Stars for every market that you disclose out there for that season, for that 2021 season, just to see how that's going to work out, or are we still working that out? No, it it will not be that way. Uh, The goal is, like I said, to, to develop every market. So, yes, Texas, every team will play. You know, it'll kind of be... Uh, every team will play each other at one is Texas versus Texas or Texas Atlanta or Texas versus LA sure. it will not be it, it will not be like that and the reason being is because uh, it's just not Texas my best so, uh, Rod, around the country are we looking at 8 weeks welcome. or 12 weeks are you spreading it out with some bye weeks is that what the schedule is going to look like, or like eight weeks, there, twelve weeks, or ten weeks? There, there will not be any bye weeks. So, okay, just so that you know, every team will have, every team will play. Um, and we're a fan of consecutiveness. So, you know, that, that's one of the things that, yes, your team might be off this week, but you know, there will be a team playing every week. You're still keeping the same schedule you would have done, like in the IWFA, right? It's just the same kind of mentality. Yes. All right. Uh, facilities, um, Rod, are we still working those out with in terms of, you know, where the facilities currently, are going to be at at this point? Currently, we are in negotiation with most most facilities right now. Um, okay. So once once we've completed negotiations, uh, the facility dates will be locked in. Now, um, any details on, obviously we don't know yet because COVID's not lifted, but if COVID is lifted, that's going to be awesome for, you know, ticketing and getting the fans engaged and, and all that stuff. So hopefully that's out of the way and 
that becomes a more of an exciting thing where people can actually go to the stadium, you know, to kind of like experience it. Hopefully that we get to and, that stage. That's our holdup right now. You know, we're kind of, yeah. we're, we're worried about that, but, uh, you know, hopefully, you know, in the spring things are supposed to be lifted. You know, college football is about, it's supposed to restart in the spring. So, you know, hopefully everything will be good to go. Rod, uh, you went to Vegas. Uh, you got to see first can Sin City Trojans, Devin Jones out there. Um, I talked to Coach Jones here on the podcast a couple podcasts ago, so uh, he said really good uh, words with you and everything, everybody else that went to Vegas at the time. Um, so are we planning a rematch at this point? Is it confirmed, non-confirmed? I mean, I mean, if, if I was Coach Jones, I would want my lick back. Um, but that's just me, you know. I mean, if I was him, if if a team if a team came to my backyard and handed me a bill, I would want I would want my game back. So you know, hey, he has to come to Texas to uh, get his work. Was it was were, were you excited that weekend too? I mean, like it was it's a pretty competitive game too. I know there was kind of like. You know, we we didn't get to see it. I don't have the highlights on it, but I'm still waiting for some game film on it. But um, I were you happy with the outcome, or were you happy with the weekend that you guys were there for the for that Vegas weekend? Man, you know, anytime you get a win, uh, you're always happy with the outcome. Did we play our best game? No, we didn't. We should have beat them by twenty at least. Um, but you know, for what we what we went out there and did. Uh, I mean, it, it was a a good game, you know. Hats off to them, uh, but you know, realistically, we could have done more. You know, I think with more practice, uh, we would have been a, a better team. Rod, um, what did you do on in Vegas after the game? Did you do anything R and R or what? Or uh, did you grub like man, uh, Terrence Haywood? Nothing. Uh, you know, uh, I'm I'm a I, I like to stay in. You know, I didn't really do much. Uh, I enjoyed hanging out with the guys. Uh, you know, I had a few drinks and caught a flight home. Okay, so it was kind of mellow, but I I think a lot of things were closed, right? Still out there on the strip and all that other stuff. It's kind of like yeah, yeah. Uh, so, I mean, the restaurants were open. The casinos were open. You know, uh, all right. It was still, it was still a great, you know, a great environment. All right, uh, let's let me pick your brain here. Um, Cam Newton goes to the Patriots. What's your thoughts? Um, you know, I, I like what they did with their offense uh, this week. It was a, uh, you know, they they did some things that were that were different. It's going to be hard to. It's going to be hard to game plan for the Patriots and Cam. Uh, Cam's a hell of a player, and uh, I think he brings value to that team. Uh, so, I mean, he's he's going to do a good job there. I think. Do you think it makes it uh, the system, Rod? Do you think the system makes that quarterback in that in that uh, franchise? Because I mean, you, you, if you think about it, um, he's multitask, uh, multi-talented now. He's not like a pocket guy. I mean, he's still a pocket guy, but he does have mobility. Do you think the system, in Belichick's system, makes the quarterback? 
at this point? Because everybody's like, how will how will Brady do in Tampa? We won't know obviously until like four weeks from now. But if 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 if, if the Patriots go undefeated for five weeks and and uh, Tampa Bay struggles, uh, will it be the system that we're going to be talking about? I mean, let's let's not go there so soon. I mean, the Patriots did play the Dolphins, you know. So let let's not. <laughs> Let's let's not go there. Uh, but when you talk about systems, I mean, I think the Patriots, you know, they changed their offense for the quarterback. You know, uh, they Josh McDaniels did a good job of putting Cam out in space and giving him the ball mm-hmm. and letting him use his legs. Uh, that's something that he never did with Brady. So you can't say it's a system because they revamped the entire system for for Cam. Uh, you know, as far as Tampa Bay goes, uh, you know, you can't ever count Tom Brady out. You know, they have a lot of weapons. I think they just have to get used to each other. You think Orkowski is really going to make a difference maker out there? Or is it just going to be just I mean, a namesake threat? I don't, I don't know what this I mean, point is. He's, he, he's always a difference maker. I, I, don't, I don't care uh, where you line him up, where you put him at. Uh, everyone knows where Gronkowski is. You know, uh, it's week one. You know, don't. I think that Brady's one of those guys. He he knows. He just has to get to the playoffs. Rod, my Rams kicked butt. Uh, they almost get you know to a good to a good state, and then all of a sudden they almost get edged by the Cowboys. They start off really hot, Brown and everybody else, and. Um, I mean, Dallas at this point has got to be a little disappointed. I think they had it in them to where they, they might have pulled it out, but it's here they are, you know, in a loss. And, um, I mean, my horns, you know, keep it going here for another week. So first place in the NFC West, I, I guess i got to be happy after week one. Yeah, I mean, you should be. Uh, you know, they, they played a great game. Uh, the Rams defense did a good job. Uh, you know, I believe they got rent. 99, Rod, did you see that? Oh, my God, that, like, that collision of three players and got Dak Prescott. My God, I was like, Donald. Hey, I mean, he, he's a good, he's a good, great player, but, you know, at the end of the day, you know, it takes a team to win a game, and, you know, they had great offensive play calling uh, to keep them in the game. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm all over 99 right now. Just in love with that guy. He just, he's just a beast. Just a beast. Uh, I'm happy with them right now. Um, we'll see how it goes. You know, obviously it's long season at this point too. But um, what did you think of the, the Monday night uh, Roethlisberger back? Man, I, you know Ben's always good. Uh, he puts up good numbers. Uh, I, I like the way that Snell ran the ball. Uh, Snell. Snow did a hell of a job in that offense, you know, stepping in for Connor. Uh, Juju made some good plays. And, you know, uh, you know the Steelers' defense, they played sound. You know, Too that, bad that I had Connor to on my fantasy game, and he didn't give me enough points. I was disappointed, man. I had him on my fantasy roster. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what is up with this ankle? What is up? I'm like a little all bummed out, out out of it. But they did win it. Um I don't know. I was disappointed with Tannehill. I had him on one of my cards on Tannehill, and he just didn't do much in terms of Denver and Tennessee. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what the well, – you know, know, and then Tennessee, Henry – Tennessee wins ugly games. That's Tennessee's job. You know, that's what they do. Yeah. They try to win ugly games. 
who 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 were you watching? Were you watching the whole weekend at all? Besides these games I'm bringing up, or did you did you watch anything? Man, I, I I try to watch every football game I possibly can. You're that that of a junkie, Rod? You're hanging out there with popcorn uh-huh. and everything else. You got your red zone going. I mean, I'm not. I'm not hanging out there with popcorn, but you know I'm a fan of the I'm a fan of the lines, you know. So, you know, okay. I, I enjoy watching teams play, and I enjoy watching teams cover spreads. Mm-hmm. You're not a betting guy, are you? If you're a betting guy. You must have made uh, money. I, you know, I, I. You don't have to disclose it, Rod. <laughs> I plead the fifth. It's Vegas's fault. I know. I, that's what I say all the time. It's Vegas's fault. I plead the fifth. All right. Um, what did you think of the opener, Houston, Kansas City? I think the Chiefs are they're they're dialed in. I think I think they're they're. I mean, they it, look pretty good. It was predictable. It was predictable. Mm-hmm. It was supposed to be a blowout. It was a blowout. And uh, no, I mean that's that's all that you can ask for. I don't know about Watson. What do, you, what do you think's going on there? You let it go of Hopkins to Arizona. You bring in Johnson. Uh, is it chemistry? Is it going to take a little while? Because there's no preseason. You think a lot of these guys are just going lefty or what? You know, I, like I, you know, I had this discussion with some of my guys, and uh, I feel like, you know, a lot of people are upset with the move that Houston made, letting go of Hopkins. But you know, mm-hmm. you got. You know, people have to realize J.J. Watt's on a $100 million contract. Deshaun Watson's on a $100 million contract. You know, Valid point. clearly you got to – clearly you got to pay – you know, you got to play the pay the best receiver in the game. You know, he's top three at least. You know, that's another $100 million contract that, you know, I just don't think the – you know, if they paid all three of them, they wouldn't have a team. You know, so they had to yeah, let you know what? And To your point, Brady did take a lot of pay cuts in the last couple of years just to get yeah. some cap room. So you're right. I mean, yeah. if you don't you know I mean? sacrifice. Yeah. So, you know, they had, they had to let him go, and they let him go to a team who had a on a rookie contract. You know, so sure. it's not like Conrad Murray's getting paid that much money right now. Right. You know, don't get me wrong, and in three years from now, they'll – They'll have to get rid of one of them, but that was the reason why they could give him. Uh, that's the reason why they could give him that extension, Hopkins, that extension. Do you think that it's going to work out there with Fitzgerald and Gaines and once Murray gets going there? I mean, they took care of the Niners. Niners always seem to fall to Arizona for some reason. They just can't seem to have their number. I think that Kyler Murray is a winner, and he has weapons, and – he has a coach that believes in him in Kingsbury, and Kingsbury is going to call plays for him. Uh, and man, when you, when you have a kid that can win and talent around him, good things happen. And then we yeah, win, good things happen. So let's hope that you know they can keep the momentum and and move forward. I am excited for him because I think it's going to be very competitive and. Um, I think Goff versus Murray should be an exciting kind of matchup as well. Um, Russell doing his thing. I mean, no doubt there. I kind of, you know, we don't have any doubts there at this point. Russell's pretty durable. He's been durable for a long time. So there you go. And then uh, Drew beating Brady at, uh, you know, that kind of, I think it was expected. 
in a way, right? You know, you can't count Tom out, so, you know, I can't say anything's expected. Uh, I think that the Saints show that they're a good team. All right. What do you think of all this uh, college football things that are happening with certain conferences not not working or not going to start, not going to play Big Ten in question still? Um, what do you know? Do you see the college you know, I'm a Pac, I'm a Pac-12 guy, so you know, I'm a little upset that the Pac-12 opted out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, uh, Big Ten opted out. But uh, the fact that we do have college football, you know, that right there is excitement in itself. So uh, I'm just gonna go ahead and cheer for the teams that we have that are playing right now. Those young men are going, they're putting on a good show. So uh, up and up to now, you know, I haven't been disappointed. I think the Big 12 is, has shown that they're absolute trash right now. Uh, but other than that, hey. Well, we got we got Clemson against Citadel. Watch. I don't know how I don't know how competitive that's going to be. And then you got Notre Dame against South Florida. And then we got what Oklahoma State against Tulsa. And then coming up here in North Carolina against Charlotte. Um, and so. So we have some college football to look forward to, basically. And they got Louisville against oh, yeah. uh, Miami. So and then Georgia, oh, yeah, Georgia yeah. State yeah. against Louisiana. So, I mean, it's it. I mean, it, we wanted normality, but we can't have it. So I guess this is the alternative. You know what, man? Like, I think it's just good that they're playing. You know, right? One step at a time. One step at a time. Uh, and you know. We have to be excited as long as we have games. As long as we have games, we got something to watch on TV. Yeah, I, I mean, I watched Miami uh, against uh, UAB. Uh, that wasn't. I mean, that was okay for about a quarter and a half, and then it kind of got away. And then, but Clemson did take care of Wake Forest. I did watch that, so that was also a blowout. So uh, I know. I, I guess this is going to be a blowout. It's going to be a blowout because you're looking at like top teams that would normally be playing a little higher level of competition, but we're getting to that stage where the higher ranked teams obviously are going to stand out. Well, you know, look, man, every, everybody needs a scrimmage game and, and every mm-hmm. smaller school needs a pay, every small, smaller school needs a paycheck, you know? Uh, so, you know, Hey, they need to buy those facilities. They need to get, uh, it needs to help, help them with recruiting. So, Hey man, Clemson blows the Citadel out. I just hope that the Citadel buys a good locker room after the game. Yeah, I agree. I think that's literally why it's been played out for so long. Um, Rod, uh, thanks for making the time. I really, really appreciate it. I know you're, you know, low-key guy trying to get a hold of you and everything, but I really, really do appreciate <laughs> you making the time. And, uh, you know, I was told that it was Amen. hard to get. Terrence Haywood to, uh, warned me about that, but I'm, I'm glad you accommodated me enough. We're really excited for what you're planning ahead here for the I-8 and 10th, um, you know, league, the exhibition season there. We're really excited about that. I'm pretty sure all the players that are going to be involved in the process uh, are going to be very grateful to you once it gets to that next level where we're, we go live. And so if you're hearing it from me, from everybody else, that we really appreciate everything you do and the efforts that you're putting forth uh, to, you know, make women's tackle football stand out, especially on the uh, eight-on-eight side. So thanks to you, and uh, 
and your laboring plus your partners and everybody that obviously helps you out um, it, to make it happen. And we're just in, we're just excited to can't wait for 2021 when this thing gets rolling. Hey man, just just know that you know we talked about it before it started. You know we did. You and I did. I mean, we talked about it before it started, and, and that's one of the things you know that that I'm more proud about is the fact that, you know, we talked about it and the plan came and we're going to make it happen. And that's I'm proud goal. of you, man. You know, Tell you, I told you before, I'm very, I, very proud of you. So, you know, it's uh you've done a great job. I uh, expect nothing less than excellence from you. Cause I know that's the type of individual you are. And I think the athletes that are going to be playing in this league, obviously, um, are going to be very, very grateful to you for giving them the opportunity to uh, to shine their craft at the highest platform that we can get it out there, which is on, on arena stage. And I think once we get fans in the stands, um, this thing's going to ride like a wave. And who doesn't want to see the best talented uh, football players on the planet? And I think you got a lot of them in Texas. Oh, man, we do. We do. But, you know, there are a lot around the country that need to be highlighted. And, again, that's our goal. You know, it's just not about Texas. It's about the rest of the country as well. And uh, we want to put them on the platform. You know, we we want to give them the, like, we want to give them the games that they want to see. You know, we we some of these players play against each other every week or every month in flag tournaments, you know, and they're highly competitive, you know, and we want to put that same competition on the football field. You know, we don't want it to be watered down. We want it to be strong. So uh, everything, like I said, is not about Texas. Rod, appreciate it, man. Thank you for uh, making the time. I really, really do. And then we'll maybe, you know, chime in one more time uh, as we get closer to kickoff in May of 2021, maybe, you know, March or April in terms of where we're at and how we're going to launch. And, you know, obviously the schedule comes out and rosters will come out and a lot more exciting information that we can give out to our audience. But uh, given everything that we talked about here, I know, you know, a lot of, a lot of people direct message me to try to get you on here. And I really appreciate you accommodating that. Hey, next time tell them direct message T Haywood. Uh, he's the guy that loves to do the. He's the guy that loves to do the talking, you know, so uh, message him. T.A. was good. T.A. was the man. I appreciate you having me on. I appreciate you talking. I appreciate what you do for the sport. Uh, Yeah, and I appreciate Rod, too. I I really thank you for that. But you're doing awesome, and I I expect uh, a lot better, you know, things to come. And all our fans are so excited for what you're going to be able to accomplish here with the IWFA I-Intense 8 uh, feature in 2021. So excited for that. I uh, can't wait for the combines to be over once the rosters are announced. I mean, oh my God, we're going to get our popcorn ready. We're going to be ready to grow. Hey, you better get your popcorn ready. And one thing I will tell you, hey, outside of our skill players, some damn linemen. So that's what you got. Beast. Is. You got Donald. Yeah. You got Donald on those lines. You gotta fear those. Well, you gotta fear those. We man. we definitely we, we definitely have some of those, and and that's where the focus is, and that's what we want everybody to see. You know, it's just not about the skill players. We have some dominant sure, skill sure. players, but uh, 
you know, without the people in the trenches, we don't have any game. We don't have a game. No, the trenches is everything. Starting point. You, you got to have that, the muscle and everything else. All right, Rod. Appreciate it, man. Have a great uh, night. Uh, safe travels out there. Uh, looking forward to another chat as we come around to uh, 2021 for the IWFA Intense uh, 8 League. So that's going to be awesome. Not a problem. Again, thank you for having me on. And have a good one. Have a great night, Rod. All right. Uh, let's bring in our ex-league insider, Nate Ward. Hey, Nate, uh, just talking to Rod Green, championship coach of the Austin Ravens of the IWFA and the uh, co-founder right now of the Intense A-League that's going to kick off in 2021. Just anticipation, huge anticipation for that. Oh, my gosh. I mean, like we were saying, you know, we'll have our popcorn ready and feet kicked up. I mean, I, I, I don't think I've been as excited in a long time as I am right now for uh, 8 on 8. It's just it's so cool to to think that that's coming to life. And, um, Nate, this is going to be a totally different game because it's traditional football on the in the trenches. It's not three three yards out. It's not X-League or former LFL. It is literally uh, arena football for women, hard-nosed arena football. Um, they're doing combines this weekend. They're going to do a couple more combines in the next couple months, uh, getting ready for the May through August. It's going to be the season, May through uh, August being the championship. So really, really anticipating a huge turnout because we talked to Tashay, uh, and she's excited the fact that she's already have fan following. Imagine when everybody says, "Hey, we're gonna, I'm gonna be here in this in this city where they've seen her play before." Uh, I think the fanfare is gonna be there once they once they get one good exhibition matchup in place. I think if it's competitive enough, they're gonna get that. They're gonna get people's eyes, and maybe they're gonna get the fans to dive in. Absolutely. I also think that, you know, it's sort of that you talk about trying to find that right scheduling and that's kind of that right window where there's not really a whole lot of other sports going on. There may be a few here and there, but nothing as as solid and as eye-turning as women's arena football. It's brand new, but you've got fans that know the game. They know these athletes from 11 on 11, and they know how to spread the word. We've seen that with the growth with um, – at least thus far, I don't see why this won't be just as successful, and we'll definitely have eyes on it because there's nothing else. Yeah, and I think that the beauty of the whole thing is we're finally get to see some real names. And as Rod alluded here, we have no idea what talent is in uh, in the other markets. We have no idea what those talent that talent's going to look like once they put it right. in a competitive state. So that's going to be pretty awesome to see. And, and you know, there's a lot of talent in every market. So if they're going to play hard-nosed football traditional on an 8-9-8 style, full kit and everything else, there's going to be a lot of excitement happening there. Um, so the news, uh, I don't know, Nate, should I just not get my hopes up? I was thinking, okay, he's going to do U.S. market. We're going to get a broadcaster in the U.S. market. Here we go again with the year-old, I don't know, dude. It's just sad. Uh, I tell you, you know. The, the more I think about it after the initial excitement of, oh, my gosh, it's Sony, it's like, okay, we, we saw this whole thing before with 
certain other groups. You know, I think there was Fox Sports at one point over there, and there was, mm-hmm. you know, ESPN, all these different other big-name groups, and nothing came out of it, you know. Now, if if they were, if something were to come out of the gate from, like, say, the network's side of things and said, yeah, this is an experiment, and if we like this, we do have our other divisions around the world to expand to, then great. But the only thing, once again, we're hearing is from the league side, and that is not a whole lot to go off considering what LFL dragged around after they were gone from MTV, too. Yeah, I mean, it's just disappointing at the fact that it's rebranded, but we're getting the same old recycled, oh, by the way, we're globally in Europe, this is where we're going to want to go in the future. Uh, I mean, I don't know about this SLA. It's really not anything different. And I know a lot of the players are, you know, brand new players and brand new faces. That's fine. But we're not getting anything like broadcast rights and U.S. and we're going to be doing this. I mean, I could be wrong. We could get that in the next couple months. But to me, this was not big news. This is like, okay, so you're in Europe. Okay. You're in Europe on television, but you have no teams and no connection over there. Like, yeah, I mean, like, why yeah. would – yeah, exactly. That's just uh, – anyway, yeah. um, you can catch the latest episode of SLA on YouTube at the uh, X-League channel. And like I said, it's not a big deal. Uh, I think they had the Football Sisters on there, and they had Lindsey uh, Anderson, I believe, of uh, one of the teams there. So you can catch the, uh, that stuff there at that point. But kind of downer that they didn't get a U.S.-based broadcaster. So that kind of just brings it down for me. Yeah, in a little bit. It's just not – all right, so Nate, uh, should we be highly critical of the initial ratings uh, for the NFL Sunday slate of games? Uh, you know, some sources, Yahoo Sports, are claiming that there's somewhat of a decline based on Thursday kickoff. Uh, could be the situation where maybe because of you know the unity chain that maybe that caused some decline. The booing of the Kansas City Chiefs fans. Um, you know, is it? Is it that, or are we just jumping the gun too early here? We got week one in the books. Yeah, I, I almost think, like, we would have to see where it goes for, like, weeks two and three before we have a, a solid sampling size. I think I think always when there, there's something overhanging on top of a, of a season, like the, the, the unity and knowing there's going to be you know, different signs of that, you know, the kneeling, the two anthems, et cetera, et cetera. I, I think there was an expectancy probably going into week one that there would be some level of a drop. I just don't think it's believable enough that they had enough that it's as dramatic as the sports writers are making it. I think if there is a significant effect over subsequent weeks, then I think there's cost for concern and to t- something to take notice. But I think looking at only one week is not enough to say, oh, there's a problem here, and everybody's tuning away and turning away from the NFL. I don't think I don't think that's fair to the league, and I don't think that's fair to um, what they are starting to try to accomplish. And maybe some new eyes will come onto it because of it. We don't know yet. We only have, like, what, 10 games in the books? So, mm-hmm. I mean. I think that we're overreacting, number one. We already knew that all this, all these initiatives, right? The uh, mm-hmm. the end uh, racism and it takes all of us initiatives. They're already introduced to us even before the kickoff started. So I don't, you know, if you're a pissed off fan because 
of the, you know, situation that's going on with the slogans, as an example, or the hashtagging, at this point, I guess you need to just turn it off, right, and not be viewing at all because that's your decision. You've made that decision already. There's still fans, obviously, they're going to watch no matter what, whether it's, you know, right. they're not, they don't watch the anthem portion of it or they don't watch the, you know, beginning of the broadcast portion, as an example, because there's some fans that are going to be, okay, I don't want to watch that, and I'm just not going to tune in until 15 minutes later, right? And then I'll start watching right. the game. So there's, you know what I'm saying? In terms of rating, I mean, it's like not everybody's going to, like, be tuned in at the beginning of the game, right? It's like nobody tunes into the anthem. Nobody's tuning in to, to see the, you know, the chain, the unity chains or the kneeling, as an example, um, as, as some, of the, some of the sports writers have noted, that, you know, that's a small percentage of the viewership for the three hours technically. So it's not making a big difference, right? Right. And I, and I think there's also some that, you know, with the whole the whole COVID thing still, you know, still yeah. a big hot button issue. I think there's also those that are just, you know, waiting to see if it actually even survives. I mean, I know that, that was the case with a lot of MLB and certainly with college right now too. I mean, we have to look at that front as well. I think there's a lot of people on, on both, you know, both sides of the coin and both sides of the of the <laughs> The, the hot topic field, if you will. <laughs> yeah, and I think the, the one-week ratings, um, I think there was good matchups, right? Uh, I like the I like my win on oh, Sunday yeah. against the Cowboys. I thought it was a really good win. I, I enjoyed it. I, I thought they could put up more points, but I think on the West Coast, given the fact that coming in, we might not have the games because of the fires and the and the smoke. Mm-hmm. Same thing mm-hmm. with the, the not, you know, all that stuff. Uh, but you know, we had last year's game. I think it was Patriots Pittsburgh, um, and uh, Yahoo Sports reported it was 22.2 million viewers, uh, a total of 22.7 with the digital viewers added in. So, roughly the same as 2018. So, I don't think there's an initial drop off in a sense because we're. I think we're using a lot more platforms than we ever did in the past. So we would have to gauge like the last three years. You know, when everybody's on, you know, Prime or some sort of uh, streaming service, right? Because the, the NFL outsources their, their their content to so many streaming services now that to gauge the rating uh, the ratings as we did in the past, I think it's it's changed. In other words, oh, it's it's impossible to just go off television alone. I mean, I think that goes for most programs. Yeah. I think you know a, a lot of ratings. People are shocked. They're like, oh, this show dropped. Oh, this show went up. It's like no. You're, you're gauging only the television audience. You're not even gauging those that are watching on YouTube, Amazon, you know, Google Plus, whatever. You know, you'd have to spend days going through all those numbers. And, you know, I, I'm sure things get plenty of years. There's plenty of income from all that and intake. But you're not going to spend the time to, you know, get everybody every piece of information. I mean, we already see that in the mainstream news as it is. So I'm not surprised that, you know, the ratings guys don't do the same stuff. Yeah, I, I think we're gonna need we're gonna need more data uh, accumulation before we can legitimately call it a decline movement or an uprise movement exactly. or a positive or a negative or a trend. Uh, I think we're gonna need a little bit more data that way. Uh, some people will, you know, there's critics on both sides, right? Some some people wish that Sunday night football ratings would obviously plummet <laughs> at this point, and others are like, okay, because of you know, more socially progressive stances that they're watching on, on the tube or whatever. And on the other hand, there's people that are just going to watch it because it's football. 
and it's competitive, and you have Tom Brady against Drew Brees. So nobody's going to, you know what I mean? It's like, it, it depends on what side of the fence you are. And if you bring politics into it, it becomes a little bit more, more muddier because then you're like completely either shutting everything down and not, not inter- engaging with it. Or at, the, at this point, you're shutting, what, the beginning of the, of the game and you're still watching the football game. Right. So, we all, you know, at this point, I don't know if it's, you know, one or the other, but it's week one. I'm happy. My Rams win. We're in first place in the NFC West. I Sorry, see Holly. Sorry, Holly. <laughs> sorry, McKenzie. Sorry, McKenzie. I really am sorry. Um, but 99, 99 was like literally taking out Dallas Cowboys, literally, which is, I was like, yes, this guy is just steamrolling. I don't know if you saw that, you know, I'll muscle three guys to get the Dak Prescott. Mm-hmm. That was awesome. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Beast. Beast. Yeah, I don't know. I, I can't wear that. I cannot wear what they're wearing. Does that make sense to you? I cannot do that. I'm, I'm sticking with old school. Oh, I, 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 don't, I don't blame you. You know, I was sitting with my wife and we were watching the – uh, what was it? We were we were flipping through and we came across it. And she's like, "What are they wearing?" I'm like, "I don't know, but I know it's not on Oscar Lopez. That's for sure." <laughs> no, it's not happening. Uh, not happening at all. I'm not doing it. Uh, I'm keeping the old school stuff. I'm gonna wear my uh, Deacon Jones stuff, my uh, Jim Everett, and my Isaac Bruce and Tory Holt stuff. That's it. That's what I'm doing. I, I'm, I'm almost on the Dodgers. You know, on my Dodgers side of things, I haven't purchased a Dodger jersey in, like, I don't know, 30 years. The only ones I have is Duke Snyder. There you go. Um, uh, Dusty Baker. <laughs> Duke Snyder, Dusty Baker, and Jackie Robinson. That's the only Dodgers I have. I don't own anything else. I had a Kozak, but, or, I mean, I yeah. But, anyways, it's just. I'm loyal just to that. I'm, I, I hate it when I buy a jersey. I At the beginning, I, I was buying a jersey, and then the player gets obviously cut or moved away, and I'm like, okay, I wasted just all this money on nobody, right? So there you go. So I'm just going to stay loyal to some of the retirees or the, or the uh, Hall of Famers right. as an example. Mm-hmm. Best comment I saw on them on Sunday was it, it, said, it said, whoever came up with that jersey idea needs clip art uninstalled from their computer. Oh yeah, I I said that at the beginning. I mean, uh, the helmet. I'm not gonna be so highly critical of the helmet anymore because I think the helmet is okay. It looks like a horn. Uh, I'm okay with that. But the uniform yeah, really, that. the uniform's really generic. You know what I mean? They're just generic. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't want to wear that stuff. I mean, I'm 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 a diehard, but I'll stick to my history first before I do that. So, uh, all right. Um, Let's go with fantasy football week one. Let's do a wrap-up here because I was playing fantasy football. I don't know if you're playing fantasy football, Nate, but I was. And so I was on FanDuel, DraftKings, of course, and on NFL.com fantasy. So I was playing heavily on that. And so the first-ever game featuring two 40-year-old quarterbacks, Nate, we are talking about (laughs) Tom Brady and Drew Brees. (laughs) Woo! Wow. 43 years old, actually. I think they're in that in that light. Crazy. Uh, just to, 
to to and to think that both of them are at the caliber that they are. I mean, obviously Brady got it handed to him on Sunday, but the 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 fact that even looking back at his last season with the Patriots and just the caliber that he is still at, regardless. And same with Drew Brees. I mean, to set another record on Sunday and not done yet, I I, I it's just it, it's amazing. You have to applaud them both for being the age that they are, but the physique and shape that they are in and still doing what they love. All right, Nate, I'm going to be harsh. I had a guy tweet me. Are we watching J- uh, Jameis Winston, not Tom Brady, on that in that game? Oh, <laughs> ouch! Oh. <laughs> uh, I thought that was brutal. That was kind of brutal. It's week one. I got to give the goat at least till week seventeen, right? <laughs> got to be fair. Going below the belt early. Ouch. Yeah. Too soon. Too uh, soon. <laughs> That was too soon. And then who is this who is this non productive guy called Gronk? Go O. J. Howard. That was his tweet. <laughs> oh, Tampa Bucks fans are not happy. That's all I gotta say. With the expatriate. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and what have you done in terms of football lately? <laughs> Oh, that's true. Like, <laughs> that's a good comment. Tampa Bay. Oh my God, yeah. Uh, sorry, Steph McCormick. We're trying. We're, we're not. I know she's a big Bucks fan, so I'm not like playing it down. But you no, know, when you're talking hardly. about fantasy points, right? <laughs> uh, right? Brady didn't get you anything but six and a half points, <laughs> and Gronk probably got you zero. <laughs> so you're not happy, guy, in terms of a fantasy status. So uh, yeah. Not not a cool start for the Buccaneers, and you also I think you didn't have Mike Evans, <laughs> so that hurt you pretty well. Is that? Um, so I don't know. I mean, just a tr- trouble in in the Bucks, or should we just, you know, it's a bad week one. Uh, and somebody even told me, Nate, um, is Tom Brady expecting this to be the AFC East because the the NFC South is a different animal. You know, I was wondering about that myself. You know, there there almost seemed like in in his demeanor and his attitude. You know, I mean, we kind of saw a little bit. You know, not a whole lot when he was comfortable in the AFC East, and mm-hmm. th- this is definitely not that. And to get to to get the Saints right out of the gate to to boot, I mean, a team with a chip on their shoulder for a number of reasons over the last two years. Um. It's just it, it's a whole different animal, and to see you know the frustration picking up of like you know I can't believe that happened and that happened well because in, in the game plan that you had with Bill Belichick and with everything in its place you don't have that you're basically starting from scratch so you have to figure out right away what's going to work what's not and try to settle into a groove because it's not going to it's probably not going to get any easier from here if you don't. You know, keep the attitude in check. Focus on learning the new skills, the new playbook, and, and the way your new line works. Because you're about as far away from a, a New England playbook as you can get, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, comparing it comparing it to James Winston, that's not good. <laughs> I was waiting for the the, the magic comparison. <laughs> hey, come on, they did better than the Browns. There's nothing to be said for that. That's true. You're right. That's that is a positive. 
That is a positive. <laughs> Very positive. Um, well, you think everybody's uh, not going to criticize Drew Brees anymore for what his statement was in the off season? Because I think he got a win, so I guess we're moving on, and you know we forget what we say, and we're moving on from that, and he gets the big win. So there might be a few, but I'm pretty sure that the majority of them are like, "Hey, we got a win. The guy still got it. Forget what he said. It was one comment. Move on." Yeah, I'm thinking that's going to be the case. Um, yeah, the fashion diva which is Cam Newton, arrives in New England, <laughs> looks like Tom Brady. <laughs> He's, it's like a revitalized uh, Cam Newton. I mean, he broke his eight, 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 eight losing, start, uh, losing streak. So uh, for fantasy players like me, thank you very much, Cam Newton. I appreciate it. <laughs> See, it, it, go, it goes to show you, it wasn't the quarterback the entire time. It was the game plan and the head coach and his team. <laughs> you know, if you're Belichick, Nate, you get Newton on top of a pocket yeah. quarterback, and now you get a running quarterback. You gotta be like, right, middle finger of Tampa. <laughs> Have a great life, <laughs> jackpot. Good luck. <laughs> and and Cam Newton coming to the AFC East. I had a tweet that says. How the hell does that happen on a prayer? And he got his prayer. <laughs> he goes to the AFC East <laughs> to, with Belichick. And every Patriots fan's fears were put to bed in one game. So, oh yeah, uh, for I sure. Mean, Hogan, who your quarterback was supposed to be? Hogan, who? who? <laughs> yeah, Hogan, who? <laughs> I have no idea huh? who that guy is. He's still, a, he's still a backup. He's still a backup. <laughs> Oh. Yeah, Bill Belichick might be until he might be until he leaves the team. Hmm. He gets Newton as a bargain. Even the price he paid for him is a bargain. Exactly. <laughs> the sell, right? The sell. Hey Cam, uh, nobody else wants you, but do you want to win the, another championship and take a pay cut? I'm here, coach. <laughs> Why not? Let's do it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, oh I mean, God. this is just like insane season. It's gonna be insane if if he goes all the way, makes the playoffs, and gets into the playoffs, and you know, God help him, and he gets to the Super Bowl. We're all gonna be talking about the system, right? The system made Brady, and if Brady doesn't make the playoffs, and he struggles with interceptions all season, and it's starting to get compared week to week to James Winston, mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe he should have retired. So. Well, we'll see Maybe you in a couple weeks. Have. Yeah, we'll find out. Uh, remember Jerry Rice in uh, Oakland and Seattle? Do we remember Emmett Smith in Arizona? Yep. Oh, yeah. Uh, about, oh, how yeah. about Adrian Peterson in Washington and uh, where else? <laughs> he's in Detroit. Oh. <laughs> oh. He's still looking, he's still looking for that a revitalized, revitalized state of mind. <laughs> Oh my god. I don't know. Last few brain cells that got lost. Hey, this, this is this is this is week 1 already. Look at how much excitement we're having about week 1. Right. <laughs> this is week 1. Uh, oh, and shout out to Jennifer King and the Washington football team for beating the Eagles. Shout out to Jennifer yes. King. Oh my god. out there. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome job out there. Um and I'm sorry Callie Branson, it's going to take a lot of work. A lot of work. The Browns hadn't won since like 2004, and they still haven't won an opening game. So it's a lot of work. 
still a work in progress. Very much so. Uh, their their fans are very faithful. And, uh, I got to give them a lot of credit for that. And I'll, I'll have to say, Coach Lori Locus, uh, we got to change that mindset where Tom Brady's being compared to like Jim and Winston in Week One. We got to change that mindset. You got to do it. We do. And you know, uh, maybe since it worked the last time to get him a win, maybe maybe Bud Light should put those fridges back in the the Cleveland bars <laughs> and have the padlocks on them until they win a game. Oh, you're like. You're on the Troy uh, Troy Wilson bandwagon. <laughs> you just want to <laughs> be able to open it up at some point and right. just drink it down. <laughs> Good idea, Nate. Maybe you should pitch it out to Bud Light again. Let's see. If the, right. No totally. opening of the fridge until the Browns get the first win. That's really there good. Go. We'll crack a beer one once we get go. the first win. I don't know, yeah, uh, Nate. Is Cleveland just not that good, or is this just? The talent is just – I don't know, man. They have talent. <laughs> they just – I had Chubbs on my fantasy, and he didn't do squat. <laughs> Beckham? <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, I was uh, – I had a lot of cards. You know, I play a lot of cards on I, over right. 150 cards, so it's not a big deal. But, it, you know, if you had the only card and these are the guys you were hoping for, you were really pissed off. <laughs> like, what the hell is this? Anyways, um Katie Sowers, uh, the Niner, the the, the uh, Hopkins Murray um, crew there take care of the Niners. Niners can't seem to get a win against Arizona, no matter what. It just seems like that's their Achilles heel, Arizona Cardinals. I think everybody has one once in a while. It seems like the the Cardinals are the the flavor of the month, so to speak, when it comes to San Francisco. And I still, when I watch. When I watch them play each other, I still have not figured out what it is because they both play a dominant game. I think there's maybe been one, maybe two really bad distant games, but this is one of those ones where I just looked at it. And it's like, okay, where where are the big mistakes you'd expect that show that they are faltering against a particular team? And I could not find it. And so I'm yeah. just I'm uh, just as baffled as you are. Why the Cardinals? <laughs> Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. It's like they, every year they have that same mindset. You know, it's like they they go in there or they like this is on the road and they win, you know, against the Niners and so uh San Francisco uh I mean, I'll I'll have to say it already. Uh the two of us are very happy campers after week 1. So, you know, shout out to mm-hmm. Russell Wilson. We already knew Rus- we already know what Russell Wilson can do. <laughs> so, let's just leave it at that. So, yeah. he's obviously he's ready to go. He looked really good. Yeah, he, he looked he looked incredible. The the O line obviously uh, a little bit of a little bit of rest and chip off that they definitely broke off throughout the game was definitely scaring the early going. Lots too many openings that he got hit pretty easily. Uh, but once they settled in, they looked really good. Um, defensive line, uh, it, it's Atlanta. You know, you're, you're going to get trucked one way or the other. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't too surprised that there were some big plays, but. Um, that fell through the cracks. But overall, I thought I, I thought it was a great game uh, both ways. I mean, I always love when it's a battle of the birds, and I thought it was uh, an, an early classic to uh, to a long overdue season. Yeah, it was good. So um, we'll touch base on week two coming up this weekend. Um, we're going to talk base on that next week on Tuesday. We'll kind of recap all the games. So really exciting weekend um, coming up here in the NFL. Uh, also, college football, we talked about it uh, in week three here. 
Uh, many ranked teams in action this weekend, top 10 teams like Clemson, Notre Dame, uh, as well as Miami, Florida, and Louisville. So the rankings on here, we talked to Rod right now before he left, and number one, Clemson will take on Citadel. Uh, most of these have been blowouts, Nate. Uh, some of the top-ranked teams, are, as he claimed right now, most of these teams are using it as a scrimmage and probably just for program money. So I, I, I'm assuming this is going to be the, the watered-down version of college football for COVID-19. I, I don't disagree, and even if the Big Ten comes in, it, it, it's, it's still a crapshoot. It really is. I mean, and, and b- before I came on, I was looking at the list of the upcoming games, and my first thought was, who puts a number one on the ACC network? But then mm-hmm. I thought about it, it was like, oh, yeah, it's the Citadel, and most of these games are blowouts anyway, so it doesn't really matter what networks they're on right now. It's going to be ugly any which way. This is going to be, yeah, it, it's going to be a disgusting college season, bar none. I don't care. Well, I'm going to say we're happy that we got football. I just want to say we're yes. happy that we have football. So if you're a football guy, you're just happy that we have football because we couldn't have football yes. at all. So I guess right. we should just be grateful we have football. So, All right. Um, yeah, well, I, I love my big yeah. scores. So. <laughs> no, right, right. And I'm thinking that's like you said, once the, this whole thing gets a little bit uh, figured out by the NCAA in some way and format, maybe we'll, you know, things are going to happen. But b- because of the fact that it's more regional based, uh, we are the expectation is obviously we're going to get a lot more blots. The top ranked teams are obviously going right. to be way better than than the lower lower class teams. So, I mean, you got to be a realist exactly. about it. And just enjoy your football, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. Let's see here, week two. Bengals Browns will the Battle of Ohio be owned by Cleveland? Will Kelly Branson and the Browns get the win Thursday night? I or like Joe Burrow win? I, I would love to see Cleveland get lucky. Uh, it's a Thursday night game. They don't get prime time very often. I love to see them shine and succeed. And I, I. Knowing both teams and what I saw over this past weekend, I mean it's anybody's game, but I think Browns have the, just the slightest of an edge. Okay, so you're going with Browns. Um, I'm going to take Burrow. I think he's done really well. Okay. Uh, I think uh, what's his name? Um, what's his? <laughs> I'm blanking out here. Uh, Browns quarterback um, Mayfield. Mayfield. Oh. Mayfield. Baker. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I just think I, I just think Baker is not there yet. I think offensively they're not in tune yet. Mm-hmm. I think the preseason's affected them. Uh, I think the Bengals should be the team the edge and win. Um, they got to stay neck and neck with Pittsburgh. It's a more crucial game for them to win. Uh, the Browns. I mean, after the one after that one loss, can they rebound? It's a battle of Ohio. Uh, so we're looking at Thursday night, then Sunday. We have, I believe, a couple games on Sunday. Let me see here. What's the late games on Sunday? Right here, Sunday night. Uh, Sunday night late games. We have. Um, it's going to be Patriots against your Seahawks. So we will see Cam Newton against Russell Wilson. That's going to be an awesome game to watch. I'm not going to miss that game. It should be a great. Matchup. That is going to be. Oh, it's going to be fantastic. I will be. My butt will be glued to the seat. I cannot wait. I mean, Seattle's got I already know I'm going really nice offensive potent. And then you got Cam Newton. 
on the other side, that's all you got to say now with the Patriots. Cam Newton, Patriots. It literally steals the show right there. And, of course, the fashion statement, we won't know what he'll show up in. Orange, purple, yellow. We have no idea. All we know is RuPaul's proud. (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) Uh, And then Monday night, we get the Raiders against Drew Brees. And uh, so David Carr against Drew Brees, that's not a bad matchup. The Raiders did pretty well for opening week one in Vegas. Got Vegas fans excited. So can they keep it going here? And then Drew Brees coming off that win against Tom Brady. So should be a good Monday night game as well. Really good Monday night game. That's the kind of game you want in prime time. All right. And then you got Chiefs at the Chargers on uh, Sunday afternoon. I uh, got Ravens at Texans. Uh, putting my money on Jackson, just tell you right now, because I don't think Watson's – they didn't look good against Kansas City, and uh, unless they can turn it around, I don't know, but uh, the Ravens did look really good. Uh, uh, well, yeah, I'm with you on that. I, I just mm, – yeah, no, that's all I can say. <laughs> that's all I can say. Yeah, I'm, with I'm, I'm, I'm saying at this point, it just he they look really good. So, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't anticipate Houston making a game out of it, but we'll see. And then uh, the Washington football team takes on the Cardinals, coming off that big win against the Niners, you know, taking care of the Niners, and then Washington taking care of the uh, Philadelphia, um, the Philadelphia Eagles. So, uh, win number two for Jennifer King, we could have that. We, we could, could have win number two. That would be very nice to see. Yeah, she could be undefeated after two weeks. So we could see Jennifer King and the uh, Washington football team here making some uh, moves in the on the uh, NFC East, given the Cowboys lost. Not bad. Right? Given the Eagles lost. Yeah. They could be front runners, which is surprising, right? That a no-name team with this whole transition somehow is going to make a season out of it. Whew. There we go. Wouldn't that be something? Be good. Bingo. Yeah, that would be a story. All right, um, the Colts taking on the Vikings. Vikings are a mess after week one. I, I just, I don't know whether, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And the Colts, uh, who do we, is it a toss-up here, do you think? It's a toss-up. <laughs> it is, right? I think it's a toss-up. It's, oh, by and far, it's a toss-up. I mean, they're both just, uh, yikes. <laughs> yeah, and... Uh, we get the Bills and Dolphins, uh, battle of the AFC, I don't know, <laughs> bottom feeders at this point or middle of the pack. Uh, Dolphins got to see Cam Newton live and first firsthand. I think uh, they will they will have donuts against him, given the fact that he's kind of revitalized himself there. And Belichick, yeah, Belichick by coaching you, I think uh, it's going to be a long season for the AFC East teams. It's it's going to be the see you next year season for the AFC East. With That's brutal. But it's it's only week one, and we're talking about like it's week eighteen. <laughs> like you're out of the playoffs. That's sad, isn't it? And we're already it we're already showed. talking doom and gloom. It showed. It was that kind of a weekend. There was very clear was. images. I think it's the preseason was missing preseason. I think a lot of these teams miss preseason. You know what I mean? Because normally you get four four games to oh, kind definitely. of tune themselves up. And I think this is it. 
somebody told me it's going to be week six when we really get to see everybody competitively ready to go. And for some of them, it's going to be too late. Very too late for quite a few of them. Yeah. Unfortunately, because you want competition that late in the season, and it's just it, kind of like with the college thing. It, this is kind of going to be that, you know, uh, who who has the power and who's sloppy without having that, that preparation and, you know, not having that organization because of everything messing things up. Yeah. And then uh, we get Alliance Packers. I'm assuming uh, <laughs> we're taking Green Bay here. And then uh, Jaguars, Titans, there's a toss-up. We'll see who wants to win yeah. that one. Uh, Steelers, Broncos. Yeah. Uh, I think I'm going Ooh. with Steel Town, even though Connor's disappointed me. Uh, I'm just going yeah, to probably have to go that route. But uh, Roethlisberger did put up points for me, so thank you very much, you Ben. Go. Really good job. And then we get the uh, Niners-Jets uh, rebound game for the Niners. Hopefully they don't go 0-2 uh, for Holly's sake. Hopefully that's not the case right. against the Jets. Uh, they're on the road at the Jets. And then we get uh, the Buccaneers against the Panthers. So Tom Brady's <laughs> week two test in the in the NFC South. <laughs> Can he avoid a loss to the Panthers? Is that the storyline? <laughs> I'm going toss up on that one, but I mean, you know, it, it's Brady. We've seen him turn around from worse, haven't we? Yes, we have. So we're giving them benefit of the doubt, and we're going to kind of like delete that tweet that compared him to Jameis Winston for now. Right. We will probably yep. return that tweet in like week five or something, or week six. And go back. <laughs> <laughs> we'll kind of we'll kind of recycle that tweet if we need to throughout the season. I guess. Just, um, just pull that back get, out of the bottom of the trash bin yeah. later on. And we get we we'll get Mackenzie's Cowboys. Um, obviously you need to rebound, and they take on Matt Ryan, which uh, I don't know about that. Uh, Ryan and company look pretty good, so and the Cowboys did did really struggle against the Rams, so we'll see how that goes. So that's a, another game there. And then my Rams against the Eagles, which uh, I'm anticipating the Rams to do better, but surprises, surprises always happen. They kind of cringe on me there. But And then the Giants against the Bears. Uh, that's going to be the other matchup. So uh, so we'll look forward to week two in terms of what the outcomes are going to be here. But it's going to be a lot of games to watch on top of college football as well. Um, so everybody, if you haven't gone through the hub, okay, I don't know if you're living under a rock or whatever, but if you haven't gone to the hub, you need to go to the hub. So at the hub right now, we have a, a lot of cool stuff. Uh, congratulations to Emma Ray Dale of the Saskatoon Valkyries, who's going to be playing in the – Canadian Junior Football League with the boys as a linebacker for the Saskatoon Hilltops. So shout out to her for doing that thing and taking care Woo. of and setting out. And then we had a feature by the Toronto Sun on uh, Sam Rappaport. So it's a really cool feature there. We also have you guys, uh, got you all the recaps from week one, and that was Fantasy Football Week One wrap-up uh, via Yahoo Sports, NFL Week One ratings by Yahoo Sports, we got NFL game recaps, highlights from Thursday night, Sunday night, and Monday night. Uh, we got you covered there, including the uh, news from the X League on the Sony Pictures or Euro deal that happened there. We also uh, also have uh, a real cool story: uh, girls, a girls uh, flag football team beat a boys flag football team uh, to win a, a flag hey. title, which is really awesome. 
And then uh, we have college football, all the news there as well. Uh, we're celebrating 50 years of the women's sports original nine tennis players that uh, made a difference for the tennis community. And I, the reason I'm the reason I posted it is because it's a big deal because uh, on the Forbes list since that time, now on the Forbes list we've had a tennis a female tennis athlete uh, on the biggest earner top 10 biggest earner on Forbes, which is a huge deal. That's an awesome accomplishment considering, uh, you know, women's stellar. sports and they don't get paid and things like that. So hopefully we get to that level where, you know, equal pays and stuff, but it's, I think it's a historic moment. Obviously Billie Jean King is a historic figure for women's sports. So that's a, a, a big uh, article that you can check it out as well. Uh, we have articles on the first, the week one of the NFL season, which is the player kneelings, the, uh, you know, the, the statements and everything else that happened in week one as well. Um, and then that stupid comment by um, uh, Dan McNeil on Maria Taylor's debut on the sideline on Monday Night Football saying that uh, she looked like a host of the AVN. So either he's a pervert or he's watching porn a lot. Uh, why would you make that comment officially on a tweet? Wouldn't you just slip it in your head? What an idiot. That's just an idiot. I, I, the, I, 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 I saw that earlier on this evening and I, I couldn't quite put the pieces together and then I saw an article on it and I was what what kind of moron does that? Like just an idiot. Honestly, like you gotta be I I know I know this term is used a lot, but living in mom's basement, if you have the time on your hands to come up with a comment like that. that yeah, it, what a moron taking me. So congrats uh, Maria Taylor did a fantastic job uh, great outfit. She, she looked amazing. And so, you know, shout out to her uh, for doing her thing. And we're going to get to see her next Monday night and going forward. So, you know, give her a shout out Wait. at Maria Taylor on Twitter as well. And just let her know you appreciate that. And uh, obviously dance comments out of bounds. Okay. So, uh, so Nate, thanks for coming in. Thanks to Rod Green for coming in and giving us a lowdown on I-8 intense football that's going to happen in 2021. So for the option, Holly Custis, Mackenzie Brooks as well. We'll catch you here next week for 3.39, and uh, we'll see you next week for week three action in college football, week two uh, recap in the NFL, plus everything in the women's game. So go to the hub at facebook.com forward slash Have a great night, everybody.